Welcome to the Ancient World podcast. So today we're going to continue with the paradise, but first a little bit of housekeeping. So we're now at canto 19 of 33 cantos in the paradise. So we've been working on this book now for for the whole of October, been in September, and we're aiming to finish the whole thing before Christmas. So we have seven more weeks, and we're going to do more or less... Well, the aim is twice per week, but we'll see. Maybe it will be a li- little bit more in periods. Um, and in addition to that, we will have a little bit of conversations as well. So we had the first part with uh, Sean from the Mythos and Logos channel uh, in the last episode, and we're going to we're going to post a little bit more from from that one. It lasted almost two hours in total, so uh, lots of interesting stuff that are both from from uh, his channel and from uh, topics that we have been through on this podcast over the whole year. So that's the plan for for November and December. And then uh, we're going to go into the Canton 19 now. We're just a little reminder first, like an orientation in kind of where we are in the book. So we had the first lower three spheres, was the first nine cantos of the book. And now we're in the highest spheres. So this is four spheres of the Sun, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. And they stand for wisdom, the warriors, the just rulers, where we are now in Jupiter, and Saturn is the contemplation, the contemplative life. So all of these four spheres are the positive influence. The first three are the lacking, like those who went to heavens, but they're still lacking in different aspects. And the higher four spheres are the positive, of the examples of of the, the the good force of the positive values in some sense. And then it's also divided into like the first three, with the wisdom, the warriors, and the rulers are the active lives. It's also said like it's the pen, it's the sword, and it's the scepter. So the the, the riders, the wisdom, the warriors, and then again the rulers. And this is also like a prelude to the contemplative part. That's the next heavens. And the contemplative is again the prelude to the final step into the divine. So the symbol for the next one is a ladder. So that's just a little bit of an overview. So the again, like the whole paradise is kind of like a frame story. And some of the cantos are independent essays about history. Some are moral philosophy. Some is more just romantic beauty. So it's um, it's just important to, to remember the overall journey that we're going through. And that one of the constant themes is that we're, we're learning and experiencing new things. And this is gradually kind of expanding the, the experience and understanding of, of uh, the heavens and the divine. And as we just follow the journey from Dante. So... With that little bigger context, we're going to start reading from the Canto 19. So we're up in the sphere of Jupiter, and then we have this big eagle that has formed above Dante with all the souls. And now we'll, the eagle is going to start teaching Dante and telling him about uh, the rulers and the, the, the just judgment. 
So it starts with this. And there before my eyes, with wings spread wide, that splendid image shone, shaped by the souls rejoicing in their interwoven joy. They were set there like splendid rubies, lit each of them by a gleaming ray of sun, which was reflected straight into my eyes. And what I have to tell you here and now, no tongue has told or ink has written down, nor any fantasy imagined it. For I could hear the beak and see it move. I heard its voice use words like I and mine, when in conception it was we and ours. So, this is about the unity of all the different souls who are the big kings and the emperors and the rulers. So you have a big variety of them, but they, they also speak with one voice. So the, the many and the one is, is kind of being united. And then to point to the, to the more higher abstract form of justice that is kind of eternal and the divine justice and then how this is manifested in many different rulers. Because of my justice and piety, it said. This alludes to the concept of, of justice and mercy as the two ways of the, kind of the divine reaction to things. So it said, I have been raised up to this glory, the highest our desires can conceive, and I have left on earth a memory which even wicked men are wont to praise, though they refuse to follow in my course. Just saying that the the abstract concept of the true justice is reflected down on earth, but it's not always followed, which we will see very specifically pointed out in the last part of the canto. Just as from many burning coals will come one glow of heat, so from that image came a single sound composed of many loves. And I exclaimed, O everlasting flowers, of the eternal bliss who concentrate all of your many fragrances in one. So like two more times, there's the, the many and the one, which is increasingly an important theme of the whole paradise. So it's both both like many burning coals, is one Im- image, one, one united glow. And then all the fragrances for the flowers is, is combined into one. Breathe forth your words now, breaking at long last the fasting that has kept me hungering for food that I could never find on earth. So here is the, the thirst for knowledge and the, the hunger for knowledge. Another reminder of, of the value of knowledge and also is the image of food and nutrition. I know that though the divine justice is beheld within some other mirror in these spheres, your kingdom apprehends it, its light unveiled. This is uh, about the other, uh, these spheres, some other mirror in these spheres. It's, it's pointing to that in this sphere you get the divine light directly. It's, the light is unveiled. But in the lower spheres beneath it, the, the divine light comes through the thrones, which is the third level. So this is an, uh, there's a contrast there. So here we have it. For the first time, it kind of comes directly to us. You know my eagerness to hear you speak. You also know the nature of the question whose answer I have hungered for so long. So now Dante is going to ask something about 
justice, the, the nature and the concept of justice at a kind of very high uh, abstract level. Then as a falcon, now freed from its hood, stretches its neck, its neck and starts to beat its wings and preens itself to show its eagerness. This is a, an image from hunting, like you have a falcon, it has a hood on until you get to the, the territory where you're going to start a hunt. And you take the hood off and then the falcon kind of wakes up and starts <laughs> uh, looking for, kind of, it starts its mission. And it's also, it's a powerful image here when it's, uh, it, this, this, this image of the, the justice, then the eagle is now kind of twisting its neck, getting ready to, <laughs> to explain things, kind of, there's something about the, it starts uh, showing its power in a sense. So moved the ensign made of woven voices in exaltation of God's grace with song known only to the souls who dwell in bliss. So there's a music theme is coming. That it's, it's only known to the blessed souls in the paradise. Then it said, he who with his compass drew the limits of the world and out of chaos brought order to things hidden and revealed could not impress his quality so much upon the universe but that his word should not remain in infinite excess. The proof of this is in that the first proud one, the highest of all creatures, who plunged down unripe because he would not wait for light. So here he's saying that he's pointing to Lucifer, who was the, the the first proud one. So Lucifer was the most beautiful angel and the closest one to the divine. But then, because he refused to wait for the divine grace, he was uh, he fell out of uh, the paradise and then down into the center of the earth, which is the, the center point of the inferno. So that was kind of the consequence of the pride. So this is also why pride is seen as the the, the main, kind of the, the most severe kind of sin you can do or the, like the bad choice you can do that will create bad consequences. Hence, clearly, every lesser nature is too small a vessel to contain that good which knows no bounds whose measure is itself. So now we're getting to the big theology topics that in some ways the eagle is now pointing to that the world is too big, it's too complicated, the human mind can only understand one part of it or a fraction of it. So it's a reminder that the good that knows no bounds and the good that could only be measured in, like it's it's kind of the, the concept, the idea, the force of something good in the world or in the universe this force is contained with itself. It's, the measure is itself, and it's much bigger than what one human person can, can grasp. So this is how the eagle warms up his, his response to the, to the questions. Therefore, our vision can only be one of the rays that come from that prime mind which penetrates every created thing. This alludes back to the opening, Kind of the, the the glory that penetrates the whole universe in some parts more, some uh, some parts less. So what one person can see is just one ray of the, of the totality. It cannot of its own nature be so weak as not to see that its own principle, 
is far beyond what our eyes can perceive. And so the vision granted to the world can no more fathom justice everlasting than eyes can see down to the ocean floor. So more on the same topic. That, like, we cannot see the bottom of the floor. We can also not see the fullness of the, the <laughs> how the, the justice is working at a much bigger scale. While you can see the bottom near the shore, you cannot out at sea. But nonetheless, it is still there, concealed by depths too deep. There is no light except from that clear sky forever cloudless. Darkness is the rest, the shadow or the poison of the flesh. So, this one is important. It, it points to that the the justice and also the, the good is come it comes from like it's light that is coming out and the darkness is so the shadow means ignorance the poison means devices so it's the two it points to two sources of of uh, of evil almost like ignorance and uh, and and devices like the, the bad the bad intentions. Now you can see what hiding place it was, concealed from you the truth of living justice concerning which you were so plagued with doubts. For you would say, consider that man born along the Indus, where you will not find the soul who speaks or reads or writes of Christ. So here is the question. The sense of justice and the salvation in the medieval theology, how will this work for someone so Indus with uh, India is is um, was seen as the edge of the world. So like someone who's born at the edge of the world who has never heard about Christ, what is the justice that this person will not get salvation? When it's a, it could be a, a good person but just born outside the sphere of this. And all of his desires, all his acts are good, as far as human reason sees, not ever having sinned in deed or word. He dies unbaptized, dies without the faith. What is this justice that condemns his soul? What is his guilt if he does not believe? So this is one of the big questions for for theology in the medieval times. And it's a complicated question. And uh, Dante will now present what they at the time saw as the best answer they could make for this. Now, who are you to sit in judgment seat and pass on things a thousand miles away when you can hardly see beyond your nose? This goes back to the argument that the eagle started with, that uh, that you, if this is not understandable for yourself, it doesn't mean that it's not understandable on a bigger scale. The man who would argue fine points with me, if Holy Scripture were not there, to guide us, surely would have serious grounds for doubt. O earthbound creatures, O thick-headed men, the primal will, which of itself is good, never moves itself, the good supreme. Only that which accords with, with it is just. It is not drawn to any finite good, but sending forth it, its rays creates that good. So this is the first part of the, the answer from the eagle. 
just as the stork once it has fed its young will fly around the nest, and as the chick she fed will raise its head and look at her, so did that sacred image circle me. So now the Dante is just looking up and the and the, the eagle is flying over him. Like after having fed him with some some knowledge and understanding. Those many wills joined there to move its wings, and so did I lift up my head to it. Circling it sang, then spoke. Even as my notes are too high for your mind to comprehend, so is eternal judgment for mankind. Those blazing fires of the Holy Spirit stopped still, and then still in that ensign shape which had brought Rome the reverence of the world, it raised its voice again. And to this realm none ever rose who had not faith in Christ, before or after he was crucified. But then there are all those who cry, Christ, Christ, and at the judgment day will be less close to him than will be those who know not Christ. So this is another way of thinking at at the time, which was that some people who are outside of the the influence of the sphere of the knowledge of the faith could be much better people than those who who pretend to follow the faith but are not living living it properly. Such Christians shall the Ethiop condemn the day. Those two assemblies separate, one rich, the other poor forevermore. What will the Persians say then to your kings when they shall see God's open book and read what has been written in their infamies? So now we're switching to all the bad rulers on earth. And so now Dante is <laughs> becoming a person again and he's going to describe some of the most powerful and influential rulers <laughs> in history. To, to make his point. And so also Ethiopians and Persians are here just used for generic for heathens, those who are outside of the faith. And then the God's open book is the in this uh, context it means the book of the divine judgment. So now we're going to go get a long stream of um, historical figures. There they will read where Albert's deeds are found that act already trembling on the pen, which shall lay waste to all the realm of Prague. Or Prague. This is Albert of Austria. He was emperor in 1298. He invaded Bohemia in 1304 and laid it waste. So this is the, the, Czech, uh, the area of the Czech Republic today. There they will read about the Seine's distress. That's a river Seine in, in France. It's a, it's a image or like a symbol for the whole of France provoked by that debaser of the coin whose death will wear the hide of a wild boar so this is the this is the king philip the fair so he inflated the french currency and created troubles like he was debaser of the coin and then he fell from his horse when a boar was attacking the, the horse there they will read about the thirsting pride by which the Scot and Englishmen are maddened, neither content to stay within his bounds. The book will show the lecherous soft life of him of Spain and the Bohemian who knew no valor nor had wished to know. The book will mark an eye for all the good the cripple of Jerusalem has done 
an M for all his perversities. The book will show the cowardice and greed of him who guards the island of the fire, this is Sicily, on which Anchises ended his long life, the father of Aeneas, the, the ancestor of the Roman people. And just to show how little he was worth, he will be written up in bits of words, which will say much in every little space, and clear to all will be the filthy deeds of his brother and uncle, who cuckled a splendid lineage, a double crown. And Norway's king and Portugal's shall be recorded there, and Russia's, who debased the coin of Venice and disgraced himself. O happy Hungary, if she escapes further abuse, happy Navari, if she but make a rampart of her mountain chain. In proof of this, let everyone pay heed to Nicosia and Famagosta's lot, whose own beast makes them wail and shriek as she keeps peace with all the others in this pack. And that's where it ends. The, the last one, Nicosia and Famagosta, is uh, 2000 Cyprus. That was, they, they were corrupted by the French king Henry II. So this is just a, like, a list of historical figures. Um, there's too much, uh, many big references here, but they were all examples of from all over the world at the time uh, who were examples of not the good justice. There's also a little bit in between the lines here, you have the, this um, like the just ruler on King Solomon, who was the he's in the son of the sphere, and he's the wisest king that has ever lived, and also the, the high symbol of, of the the right and divine justice, which is um, kind of contrasting, like unsaid here. Okay, so we're gonna stop it there. Uh, this canto nineteen is is. Um, has less references. Is that you have less philosophy in a sense? It's more this moral philosophy about the justice. It's also the the last of the three active, with like the, the knowledge and the um, and the warriors and the rulers. It's kind of especially the last two ones are more kind of about the strength and power. So it's um, it's reflected in in this the shape and the language of the cantos. That this is a it's a different part of human life and of human experience and just the the fullness of all the aspects of of the paradise also. Okay, so uh, we're gonna stop here and uh, hope some of this was interesting and some food for thought. And uh, as always, thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Mm-hmm.